0: Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business news podcast from Business in Vancouver, newspaper and BAIV.com. Look, we're going to have a very interesting conversation today about the impacts of, say, the mortgage stress test, and here in the BC real estate market, I think we're seeing some of those impacts come to fruition. But before we get there, on October 2nd, I want to tell you about one event that's going on at the Vancouver Club. It is our BIV expert panel. It is Navigating the U.S. for Business. And then October 9th, also at the Vancouver Club, it is Cannabis Year One. We are examining, again, the opportunities and challenges that lay ahead and behind us as we move forward in this new industry. Go to biv.com slash events for details on all of those. Now, for today's show, I'd like to welcome back Dane Idle. He is a founder and lead analyst at Itel Insights. Dane, thanks for joining us on the show.
1: Pleasure as always, Tyler.
0: Okay, so you have got a new report out, and you are talking about, say, stress test mitigation here. So tell us a little bit about the history. It's been going on for a little bit here in Canada. We're kind of seeing the impacts now at this point.
1: Right. So basically what the stress test involved was a slashing of purchasing power by 20%. I mean, let's not beat around the bush. That's basically what, uh, what the impact was. So the the, the the federal government thought that prices basically in two economies were kind of too frothy, uh, Greater Vancouver and Toronto. Um, and uh, the, the national banks, the, the, the major banks, all kind of imposed the similar rules based on the federal guidelines, um, basically equaling uh, 20% slash in the buying power. So, pre 2018, if you qualified for, say, a million dollar mortgage, post 2018, you were uh, at 800,000. So, it had a significant impact in the buying uh, potential. And kind of what's odd uh, about that is, I mean, the, the markets had been peaking on their own volition anyways, right? We don't, at ITAL Insights, don't think that the government necessarily needed to step in to see these prices, uh, you know, correct themselves. However, now that they are in play, uh, we see that it was a, a, a real foot on the neck of the market and saying you literally cannot buy. And yes, um, over the last two months, June and July, we actually saw the detached market across Greater Vancouver down 17 and 18% respectively. So what that kind of signals is your stress test mitigation, right? And we've heard over the past couple of years from the board, the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver, that stress test has been mitigated because interest rates have dropped. And I mean, truthfully, that, that that's nowhere near reality. Really, what you need to see in, uh, to, to be mitigated is prices down 20%. And so that's what we actually saw there in June and July. Um, prices did rise back up in August to
0: 1560000 So And, now and that, that's the latest data that we have, absolutely. Uh, we're working with right now. So the August numbers, yeah, uh, go for it. Tell me what's going yeah. on. Now. So that's down 15% from
1: the market peak, right? So kind of what that signals is those forced buyers that were forced to the sideline, they're starting to step back in. And Now it's not everybody. Some people just said, you know what, to heck with it. I'm not purchasing, right? If the government doesn't want me to purchase, I'm going to Vegas and having a good time. Sure. <laughs> you know, and, they, and then the funds are a little bit light right now. However, those that were having a need to move up, you know, maybe you had a child with your, your husband and wife and and you just need more space or whatever the causality might be, but you, you needed a, a property, a detached home. So those people were saving the pennies, saving uh, saving up, and now we're seeing them move into the market. Now, as we say, it's 17 and 18% right across Greater Vancouver. Some cities are further off than that, and then some cities are, are a little bit tighter too, uh, it's still to their peaks. So, um, but every, every market across Greater Vancouver is definitely uh, rolled over the top, let's say, uh, and, and trending lower. So, we see this as more of a short-term blip, right? So sellers can really kind of take advantage of this for the first time in a while. There are buyers out there that actually have qualified and they, they want to purchase. They've been forced to the sideline, they actually wanted to get in. Now that they're seeing a realization of prices coming off, um, they will step in. This will be a short-term blip, you know.
0: Um, Why just short-term in this case? Uh, break it down for us.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the way that we kind of do our analytics, we, we, we look at a, a variety of factors. We don't just kind of pick and choose sales this month and then the next month it's price and the next month it's inventory. We use the consistent factors. And everything's really trending a continuation for lower longer, right? So what we mean by that in, is, is in the detached price where we're at is 1560000 That's bang on middle of our downtrend. That was established basically in 2016-17, right, when markets peaked at 1.830 million. So we're seeing that trend lower simultaneously. That's testing the 10-year uptrend um, at the low end, which is not exactly a positive factor. We saw, like I say, in in June and July, that 17-18% that was hovering right around that 10-year uptrend. We were anticipating a a bump in prices because we didn't believe the price points were ready to break this 10-year. We do believe there will be a break in the 10-year upcoming, um, but just not right at this place in time. So it's kind of an oddity that the technical indicators show up in the fundamental results. We don't believe technically the market can fall off, and now we're seeing the stress test mitigation, which is kind of that fundamental cause and effect of why this market will be a short-term stabilization. And then after we see that erosion of the sideline buyers, there's no impetus or any other uh, factor that's going to kind of buoy this market up and and say this is the bottom. So, in our opinion, for sure, we're still definitely going to test 1.4 million before this price point actually does bottom out. If that price point doesn't hold, again, we're going down to 1.225 as a psychological price test, and then we'll probably uh, snap back up.
0: Well, I got to ask you this, because you've been on the show before, and uh, you've kind of explained how maybe we need to be prepared for even uh, lower sales, lower prices. But uh, we had the BCREA come out uh, earlier this week, and they're saying, hey, guys, uh, 2020, it's looking really awesome. (laughs) Um, Do you take issue with with, um, what we're seeing from them? I don't.
1: Um, we We analyze and interpret analytical data, right? So they kind of go, well, truthfully, I, I mean, you can ask them how they interpret the data. However, in 2016, they thought it was going to be a great year. 2017, they thought it'd be a great year. 2018, they thought it'd be a great year. 2019, they thought it'd be a wow, great year. I
0: see a pattern here.
1: Exactly, right? So th- their um, forecasts haven't really come to fruition, where ours, since we said the market had topped out, the market's off $360,000, right? And And I believe in their quote, it's up, you know, three or five percent next year, which is nominal. Um, that's probably as negative as the real estate board of British Columbia has been in a while. And, and, and I mean, when you think about it, that's their job is to make real estate look like it's always decent, even when it was absolutely extremely hot and, and, and over frothy. They still said real estate was a good investment. So right. real estate, kind of according to them. And, and truthfully, they have a different outlook. I mean, they can justify it by saying, you know, on a ten or twenty year outlook, real estate's a great investment. Totally fine and fair. However, we say with that same ten year, if you buy in an eight year span, your investment will be that much better because prices will still ultimately go lower longer. Um, we believe 2021 should be the the market bottom. However, I mean, of course, data will come in and and we'll update the the forecast as we go along. But that's just a natural five year. Term um, from 2016, which was the beginning of our market cycle, the beginning of the peak.
0: So, Dane, why don't we talk a little bit about this—the the budget here, as well as a property transfer tax. I think there have some been impacts, and a lot of people have been questioning that. Should this really come as a surprise? What we're seeing? Tell, tell us what we're seeing, and whether this should be a surprise.
1: Yeah, you know, so the, the BC but, or federal, uh, but or the sorry, the BC budget was announced uh, the other day, and we were on a couple of different other uh, media outlets as well, and they're saying, is this surprising to you? Because it, it it seemed to have caught some people off guard, or at the very least, the headline did. And no, um, the property transfer tax was absolutely expected to be light this year um, and next year and the year after that, for that matter. Um, I mean, we're seeing lower sale prices, so your property transfer tax accumulation isn't there, and then we're actually seeing a significant lower sales, period. So, you, you, I mean, the expectation of the coffers being full in the property transfer tax was... Um, not realistic in our view. Uh, We did see the introduction of a a couple other taxes in the real estate field. And I think that was hopefully, or the, the idea was to offset some of this impactfulness that we're seeing in the property transfer tax. I mean, the coffers are light, no doubt about it. So they introduced a vacant land tax and on and on, right? The oddity about that, and the, the oddity about taxation period into what was historically a, a free market. I mean, you introduce a tax, the foreign buyers tax, the vacant land tax, and within a week or two, lawyers had the way around it, right? So it's it's not really the impact that we that they anticipate it to be, and um, so now they're kind of they've shot themselves in the foot a number of different ways, and now we're seeing the the reality of that flesh wound, right? Um, yeah, the the, the, uh, the coffers of the property tax, transfer tax will remain low for the, for the foreseeable future.
0: Well, if we're talking about taxes on the campaign trail, uh, Liberal Party leader Justin Trudeau, he announced that uh, if his government uh, was uh, re-elected, uh, they would introduce a 1% speculation tax on non-residents, non-Canadians, essentially another kind of form of a foreign buyer's tax, but on a national level. What do you make of this? Uh, What kind of impacts could we expect here? Because this is not just a provincial thing. This would be going federal now.
1: Right, and and that in a some way makes more sense to us, to be honest. I mean, if you're going to impose a, a tax on real estate, it, it, it probably should be more federally based. I mean, because uh, really, even the introduction of the the uh, mortgage stress test, that's really to kind of dampen two markets, right? I mean, it's Toronto and Vancouver. Let's be realistic about it, right? So um, the oddity that Vancouver introduces a foreign buyer's tax, you know, what's going to happen during the next peak of Toronto's market cycle, right? Maybe they're going to introduce one and now it's a different variety of levels, Calgary's going to fill left out, so they'll introduce one and then there'll be one in the oil patch if that market recovers, you know. So, it's if you're going to do this kind of taxation, it, it makes more sense to do it on a federal basis. However, taxation doesn't really make sense in this kind of a market. I mean as we've mentioned on your show in the past you know even the 15 percent foreign buyers tax really didn't have any impact into the market other than the fact that it was a flight to safety for a lot of smart money and quick money and saying hey whoa this is fairly vitriolic language coming from a government standpoint about my property get it off you know i'm going to sell it i'm going to buy in these markets that don't have this impact so we saw you know um the islands we saw the interior bc and we actually saw places like squamish closer to greater vancouver but not actually in the regional district right so those properties actually went on a, quite of a, a torrid pace of real estate pricing increase just as a flight to safety. We're seeing all those markets round off and top out as well, and they're starting to go back to their their natural cycles of of lower longer as Greater Vancouver is. So you, you know you'll, you'll see that quick move, but prices actually peaked after the foreign buyers tax announcement had come and gone, right? right. Yeah. So you know you know it's it's a short term impact. However, if you're choosing to do uh, uh, um, a tax on real estate, I guess on a national basis, it makes more sense. Um, but again, we're really dealing with two different markets, right? And, and again, on your show in the past, there are markets in Canada that are going up. Right now, we saw Toronto's last month in August fall off uh, another, I believe it was 30 grand from the month previous. But since we kind of last mentioned it on your show, prices were at 851000 I believe, at the last time. And now they're down to seven ninety-two. You know, we're going to see that continuation. But there are areas like Halifax and Fort Mac that are actually rising up. So if you're going to do a tax, do it a blanket across the board. Some markets will be going up. Some markets will be going down. And that's what we at ITEL Insights uh, offer, the public offer our clients, is real estate cycles do exist. We identify them for you. We tell you them where they are in their path and, and where they're projected to continue to go.
0: Well, I, I tell you, what, one of the reasons I like having on the show, though, is because I think often you know the insights that you're able to offer – go against the grain that we typically see right. in real estate analytics. So tell me a little bit, how did you get into this? You know, uh, how did you kind of uh, start gaining these insights and start offering them up to people?
1: Right. So, you know, I've been in the real estate market for about 11 or 12 years now, um, I think going on 12. So, but mostly as, a, as an agent, right, as a real estate agent working in the residential field with clients and, you know, i um, doing quite well. However, I always like to offer something unique advantage, right? So I, I was hard into the the data, the, the month over month stats, same as the BCREA and other analy- or economist analytics are, are uh, but you know the managers, the real estate boards. Even when you go to the classes and take stats classes, let's say as a realtor, they say you know you don't have a crystal ball. There's really no way to forecast the future. Don't get into that game. It's a dangerous game. If you're wrong, da 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 da, da. and and so but I mean every client I ever had asked how's the market doing and where is it going to go. And you kind of I mean, you should feel sheepish, I think, to say, I don't know when that's our chosen profession. So um, but how we kind of came about this technical analysis is was watching the stock market with my father. Right. And uh, he was uh, a stockbroker back in the day on, on Bay Street. And so he was telling me about the fundamental events in the market and earnings per share and, you know, who's the CEO in the board meetings and all this. And I'm going, well, that's that's interesting, but there's a lot going on. I said, just watch this chart that was, you know, on the, on the TV. And I said, as soon as it breaks this line, it'll run. And then sure enough, and he says, well, I mean, you're a technical analyst. You can see lines that aren't there. They're just, you know, they're topping out or bottoming out features. So that's kind of where we diverted our past. <laughs> sure. Right, so... But you
0: kind of had a natural eye for this sort of stuff.
1: That- absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, you can teach technical analysis. Like, I can show you where the line should be. However, every chart you receive is blank at the start of the day. So you do have to have... Almost a gift or, or, as you say, an eye for it, and then you know, hone that gift, especially for the different markets that there are. Real estate moves much differently than any stock market chart does move, um, and, and, and it actually I mean, the less people that are aware of this, the better technical analysis truly shows, simply because it's a real psychological values and trends inside of a marketplace. And when those trends are broken, there's an obvious and discernible reaction that will occur, and we just identify those for our clients.
0: Well, excellent. Dane, can't wait to have you back on the show sometime soon. Tyler, it's a privilege as always, and I look forward to it as well. That's Dane Itel. He is founder and lead analyst at Itel Insights. And that's it for the show today. You can find our archives on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. So please tell a friend. It'll help us find even more listeners. For now, I'm Tyler Orton. We'll be back on Monday.